was three pastors and they opened their church. And uh, we have a staff member that became the lead pastor, so we're taking a year away. So the pastors are really settling in. And uh, we've had the privilege of worshiping with you, I don't know, four or five times the last many months. And every time I'm so blessed by uh, Josh's leadership, just the, the overall congregation, Bill's teaching is wonderful. And now, what a privilege it is to uh, take into God's Word. And specifically in Genesis chapter 12 and 21, that's a lot of chapters. We will not go verse by verse, okay, I promise. But if you have a Bible, let me encourage you to find Genesis 12. Let me just say that being a guest preacher is kind of a liberating thing. I can say anything I want and I get fired. And it's kind of like the worst that happens is that Phil will follow better after today's anyway. But uh, it's really good to get into God's Word. And what finally matters is not what I say or even what we all think. Mary Jesus, would you agree to make Jesus say what he wants to say? And may we have the ears to hear the hearts to respond and live it out. May it be so, Lord. Well, Genesis 12, a really important story in the Bible. And here's the gist of it. So in case you're ready to doze off because you got too much sleep last night, then in, in 30 seconds, here's the whole sermon, okay? It's about husband and wife, Abraham and Sarah, and God gives them a big promise. But then they have to endure a long, long wait for anything to happen. And that leads to all kinds of efforts on their part to kind of take control and to make something happen. And that doesn't go well, as we'll see. But then God patiently, persistently, continuing to get that promise, finally disrupts their efforts to take control to make stuff happen. And he surprises them with a wonderful, uh, loving uh, gift. Now, before we actually look at how that gets played out here in Genesis, before we look at the story, let's just think about our lives for a moment. So let me ask this question. Are there any ways at all that you can think of where you you kind of hold things you want to control so much that you would kind of like to be the one in control? Or, or some area where you, you hope something in particular happens You've got this deep desire, and, and such that you're working hard to make it happen. Any, can you think of anything? Let me give you one example, then I, I want to see if you have some one-word uh, examples from your lives. Let's say you have kids. Quite a few have had them, do have them, uh, many you brought today. How many would kind of like to be in control of what goes on in their lives, as opposed to chaos, right? doesn't mean you're in control, but you kind of like it, right? And so, for example, you want your kids to get good And they may not straight A's, but do their very, very best, right? I think a good parent, loving parent wants that. And, and so you give a great deal of encouragement to your child, which they call nagging. Get off my back. Anybody, any students, not yet? Yeah, not today. <laughs> Uh, I'm kind of messing with your relationships today. Um, or, or maybe you, you, you check in with the teachers a lot. And you just try to you know, be up to speed on what's going on. Of course, the teachers think you're manipulating. And uh, I'm sure some of you pay thousands of dollars so your kids get good scores on SATs. Average first. Or no. No, I don't. Pastor Tillman is chewing prisoners. 
We really can't close. It's clean. You can see all of us. Just the love words. And, and then there's the response of faith. God follows through with his promise in his way, in his time. So, how do you respond? I've been, I've been rolling out myself. And of course, if, if you say, well, here's the answer I'm supposed to get, it's easy. Right? That's the response of faith. When God promises, he fulfills. And he'll do it in his time, he'll do it in his way, but he will do it. He is at work. And um, that's the way I want to be, I think, with that kind of faith and, and, and with the peace that comes with that, the, the courage that comes with that, the, the healthier life that comes with that. But I tell you what, none of this arrived. I'm aware of Abraham and Sarah had not arrived at that point, even though he was a great man of faith. And, and I tell you what, you and I will not make progress toward that kind of ultimate faith and peace and hope and so on. Unless we're also admitting the ways we're not there yet. And just getting real honest with God and ourselves. It's like, like the, the, the desperate father who says to Jesus, I believe, but I like unbelief. I trust you, but there's part of me that does not trust you. Help me. That's one of the most powerful prayers in, in, in the scriptures. And, and, and so today, you know, we're going to see that Abram and Sarah, Abram and Sarah, uh, they, they go through all of these. So, so take, a, take a look at um, look over Genesis chapter 15. And this is where God wants to get Joseph. He renews the promise of blessing, not just a blended family, um, but he actually says, I'm your reward. I, I am the greatest gift I'm giving you. I myself, uh, you are nothing less than, than me. And, and that sounds about as good as it can get, but if you go to verse 2, uh, Abraham pretty much says, that's it. He doesn't have a word, he promised a family, doesn't have any money, he's going to be out here. And so he's got a sort of payment proposal, and uh, he kind of feels like, well, if we're going to get something done with this promise, I think at least partially it's up to me. And so verse 3, Abraham says, God, I'll make my servant Eliezer there. That's the way to get these things going. I've got the servant. He can kind of be the fulfillment of that promise. But God says, no. Now the heir will be a son from your own body. An actual son, not just a servant. And so now flip over to chapter 16. It's 10 years later after that initial promise. And because that reason, now Sarai, Abram's wife, had borne him no children. But she had the Egyptian slave named Hagar. So she said to Abram, the Lord has kept me from having children. Go sleep with my slave. Perhaps I can build a family to her. This is kind of the God's a slacker. He needs some help from us. Uh, let's do God's thing, but let's do it ourselves. And Abram agrees with his wife, and he sleeps with Hagar. She gets pregnant. She has a son. Remember the son's name? Anybody? Ishmael. A little boy named Ishmael. Uh, it leads to a big mess. Uh, understandably, Sarah 
few times that might want to be done. Now we need to show. Talking about, I know the last many weeks, 
encourage you to, to free up your hands. Okay, just free up your hands like a person that you're holding. And to begin with, put them out there on your arm or something and, and, and just put them in a little fist. Because here's, here's the question I'd like you to ask God. Jesus, show me what I'm, I'm clutching. So let, let's just, you know, if you don't feel comfortable doing it, deliberately with your hands, just in your mind. Just close your eyes and put your fists and say, Jesus, what am I clutching? What, what am I clinging to? Whether it's really unhealthy or something really good, that I've got a grip on it. I'm trying to make something happen on my own. I'm trying to grab 